Hello, this is Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian, host of the Badass Women's Council podcast, and I'm super glad that you are here. By the time you listen to this podcast, could be very possible that the March 8th Stand Tall in Your Story event being held at the Vogue Theater in Indianapolis, in Indi- Indianapolis, Indiana, might be sold out to attend live. That's how fast tickets are selling. But you know what you could do? You could get a group together and do a virtual watch party. You could do it for your organization. You could do it for a group. You just need to attend, I think, one way or another. Because the stories that are going to be told are incredible and inspiring and touching and are for you. So that's all I'm going to say about that before we get into our episode for today, which is also about story and career story. We're talking to Meg Applegate today, who is a partner of We Thrive.Live, my company, because her work is so directly aligned to the things that we care about at We Thrive, which is to ban burnout, build community, and boost business. So Meg's going to tell her story today, how she has evolved her career really three different times in just, you know, three decades of life-ish, um, from fundraising as an event manager to an academic advisor, and now with her business, Hinge Resume, where she does professional resume writing and is a personal brand strategist. Our conversation is rich with takeaways today. So here we go. I'm not coming down. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today because you and I share kind of a unique perspective about career life. And I'm just going to throw this idea out at you and have you respond to it. What if you and I together could start normalizing, socializing, setting an expectation that people should have a different career for each generation of their life. Yes. First, thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy to be here. And I am all about thinking about your career as far as seasons and thinking about your career, not necessarily as a calling. I think we can get hung up on this, like we have this purpose. We have to fulfill it in our career. There's only one purpose and we get hung up and twist it up on that notion when we can think about our career as assignments that we're wired in a certain way. We have certain giftings that are unique to us. And then we can unleash those on different assignments throughout our life. At least that's been true for me. And I know like as an undergrad in college, I was the person that went to college, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And that was for me, a really big hang up in my young twenties of like, I have to decide right now what I need to do. And even in this climate, when the work landscape is changing, women, especially our priorities are shifting, work is changing. We can have kind of that same undergrad moment of like, oh no, I have to decide permanently 
what I need to do when I think that it can be much more hold our career more with open hands, if that makes sense. Oh, does it ever make sense? In in fact, what I love about interacting with you is we don't talk that often, but every time we do, and every time I read some of the things you post, I just realize how aligned we are in, in this notion. And I think the idea that we have this one purpose is what gets us hung up on thinking we got to get it right. And I prefer to guide my clients and my kids, quite frankly, into recognizing that your life is like a breadcrumb trail of discovery. And and your main purpose is to know yourself. Then you can decide where you're going to use your gifts and talents in each chapter of your story. I picture those breadcrumbs, like the granola bars that my kids eat, you know, it's like they open them up and just like the crumbs are just like spilling out, you know, (laughs) they're everywhere. And I love that because it's like, it doesn't have to be this straight line, right? Is that there's that common phrase of that your career is more of a jungle gym rather than a corporate ladder. And so I think if that we can really apply that to ourselves, I think that we know that in theory, but it's kind of like kind of the theory of women, like quit beating yourself up, be kind to yourself, but it's easy to tell a friend that until then it comes to you and you're actually the one beating yourself up. And so I think we need to really apply that to ourselves and kind of take the pressure off of having to achieve a certain level of success at a certain age or, um, you know, just have different unmet expectations that maybe we didn't realize that we had until they're unmet. So I know even becoming a mother that I thought that would be different. And then being a working mom thought that would look different. And so it's just kind of holding that, that loosely and being present in that moment, even if it looks different than what we thought, it's easier said than done for sure. I have a book coming out in a few weeks called write your own story. And and what we're talking about is really the premise of it is that our jobs is not, our job is not to go out in search of that purposeful career or in search of that thing, our approach is to search inside and know ourselves so well, intensely self-aware that we can then, I, and you use the term gifts and talents as I, as do I. And then we, we, we're loaded up with these gifts and talents in our arms and our hearts and our heads and all of our experiences that we've had through education and through parenting and through work. And then we're ready to go and use them what, wherever that season of our life requires or whether where, where is our purpose in that season. And I love this story for you in this episode because you've kind of reinvented yourself several times in your career and you're still you're still quite the, a young lady so you you have embodied this i'm just going to be who i am and see what opportunities find me is that a fair way to summarize kind of where you're at in your career path yeah i think that there's kind of that freedom of being open but also i'm someone to that for better, for worse is that high achiever. Right. And so it's like, it's that going after, but also holding it loosely enough. And so I did allude to my undergrad where I thought, I don't know what I want to do. I ended up going into the nonprofit sector, doing events, which by the way, I learned, I don't like to do events. (laughs) And sometimes that's the best way to learn is you get in something you're like, Oh, hell no, I got to get myself out of this. Yes. And there's no shame in quitting something that is not for you. 
Totally. So I totally bought in like, oh, community relations and relationships. And then it was more like details after details of events. I'm like, oh, not a big fan. And so I knew that I had to pivot. And because being in events, I knew that I wanted to be a mom. I worked a lot of evenings, a lot of weekends. I knew like this isn't sustainable for me based on what I would want in the future. And so that's when I really started exploring, you know, what do I really want as far as like what's going to jive with my values and my priorities. And so I actually, so higher education became on the radar and I actually reached out to someone I didn't know. I just looked on like the Butler University website and called up an academic advisor and said, hey, will you go out to lunch with me and tell me about your job? And she did. And so we went out to lunch and she told me how she got to where she was and what she needed to do and what she recommended that I do. And she was so nice, a perfect stranger. She recommended, you know, if you want to break into this field, you need a graduate degree. And these are the things she ended up helping me with my graduate essay. I got into graduate school all from one phone call from a complete stranger that agreed to have lunch with me. Okay. Two things that we have got to underscore, highlight, exclamation point, jazz hands around. Um, I'm doing jazz hands for those of you who, who, who need. Because one is you had the courage to say, this isn't for me. And I think once people have spent a lot of money on education, I know several people that this was their story. They felt trapped that they needed to justify their decision because they had spent so much money on it. And, and I don't believe that college or, or higher education is really always meant to be that one career thing. It's more about life experience and, and figuring out who you are. So one, you had the courage to say, nope, this isn't for me. Two, you had the courage to reach out to someone and just explore their stories. And isn't it fascinating how people want to help and want to share? Not only did she say, I'll meet with you. She stayed a part of your story. I know. Isn't that incredible? And I, I think like that. the, the icky word that we don't want to use is networking, but that's basically because well, that's because we're all was. standing in a room with bad pastries and bad coffee with stick on name tags that stick to our hair and make us feel uncomfortable. <laughs> totally. Right. But this was like the fancy term of this is informational interviewing, right? It's just like calling to be a student of someone else's story. And I think that we can psych ourselves out. I was in fundraising in that event role. And one of the biggest lessons I took away from that, it's not a no until someone says it's a no. So it's just because like, we make up stories in our head before we have the real story, right? So we've already said they don't have time. I don't want to bother them. They're too busy. I'm a nobody, right? And we haven't even opened asked. our mouth to ask. Yeah, totally. I mean, the risk for me to ask this person to lunch was no. And that was it. You know, I didn't know her. I had no connection, you know? So, um, at the time I didn't know that's what I was doing this like term, but this is what, you know, in job search or in learning, like, do I want to make a pivot? I think I'd be good at this. It's just really about building meaningful relationships and really learning from people. And I just kind of fell into that because I was desperate, <laughs> 
but it sometimes pain is a great catalyst for courage and change nothing wrong with that (laughs) totally and i think that people want to help people and more importantly i think people like telling their stories to other people those two things are neuroscience. One, we're wired to be generous and kind. And so if we give someone the opportunity to do that, most humans will step into it. You know, I use the phrase that business is human, and this is exactly what we're talking about. And and the second thing is people do want to tell their stories because the deepest human need that we have is to be seen, heard, and known for who we really are. And so by you asking her to meet and share her story, you literally lit up in her brain, what I call thrive points where she was like, oh my gosh, I can be helpful. I, I want to serve in this way. So you, you actually did her a service by allowing her to thrive by just asking. I love that. And I, and I think that takes away kind of like the ick factor of asking people for help or just even asking to learn from somebody else, especially to, I think the person that's doing the asking doesn't think that they have value. Like for me, I have really nothing to offer her, but a paid lunch, <laughs> but sometimes that's enough or well, that you, you were know, now here, let's flip, let's flip the script on this. What now people can listening can realize you're offering her more than lunch. You're offering her an opportunity to give and to use what our brain is wired for to feel a sense of thriving. You gave her that opportunity. That's way more than a Caesar salad, girlfriend. That's true. Yeah. Mic drop. Mic drop. I think that's so important because we do stop ourselves and we, we, we think, who am I to reach out to this person, especially if there's someone that has kind of an elevated presence in our minds. Um, but to flip the script to say, no, you, you are serving them by asking them to share their story. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. It reminds me of that term and it's not so good. Just, I'm just this person, right? I'm just an academic advisor. Oh, I'm just a young professional or I'm just a stay at home mom where it's like, you're kind of eliminating yourself out right from the gate. Right. Right. And so even just like owning, like I am this person Mm -hmm. and it has innate value just being who you are being a human yeah valuable worthy because you woke up today I think that's pretty damn cool so when you worked with this woman and and how did that frame your career what happened next Yes. So I got into grad school and I did my program and uh, launched a career in higher education for about seven years doing academic and career advising. And then kind of all the cards got thrown up in our life, like so many of us experienced in the last couple of years, right, where my husband and I really had to make some critical career decisions We lost our daycare provider. And so at that point, I had just had my third child. So I had three kids, four and under. My husband had just started a new job. Everybody just pause (laughs) because that feeling of being a career person who's a high achiever, which means your career is important to you. It's not this separate thing. It's a part of who you are. And there's no shame in that game. That's how you use your gifts and talents. But to be in that space where you want to move forward in a career, to have three kids under the age of four and no daycare provider, like, and so many so many women like yourself have gone through this thing. So honestly, I just want to give a moment of whew, that's, that's big. That's rough. 
Yeah, it is really interesting because I went back to work after my first kid. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and it just wasn't feasible. And I went back kicking and screaming and just begrudgingly. And then when I had my third child and we were in the situation, it was like the opposite. I was kicking and screaming and being like, I don't know if I want to stay at home. Like it's become such, such a value. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Totally. Or, and there's also nothing wrong with you choose to stay home and no longer do the career exactly. thing. Exactly. Like, all of those are the choices that are right for you. And that's what we honor around Harris. What do you need? What do you want? Right. And none of those choices I think are forever. I've worked full-time, part-time. I've stayed at home. I've worked from home. It's kind of coming back to that seasonality of assignment that you're using your gifts, your talents, whether it's at home with your kids, in the workplace and with your kids, no kids in the community, right? It's just the different assignments that we have. So we were in this moment of flex and I actually called daycare providers at that time needing three spots and people <laughs> would laugh. They're like, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. They're like, you need three spots at the same time. I'm like, yes. So we came, we came to a point, you know, at that point working in higher ed, I was working part-time. It was basically childcare equaling my salary. And so we made the choice that I would stay at home. And so it was within that year that I started dreaming up the business that I own now called Hinge Resume. So in between the mopping the sticky floors and changing the diapers and like sweating and schlepping and the play dates was me kind of formulating this idea because in grad school, I fell in love. I never heard of career counseling or what that was. And I fell in love with it. But at the time, you know, I was in naps. I wasn't sleeping well, but I'm taking care of all the people. And my mother-in-law knew a professional resume writer from her hometown. I'd never heard of professional resume write, writing before, but I've always been someone who like loved to apply for jobs secretly, right? Just like, I didn't really want a job, but I want, you know, I would just love the idea of like formulating the resume and the cover letter and matching everything up, which is so funny. So then I met with this a professional resume writer. And she told me what it was about. And I thought this is perfect because I can do this work during early mornings and nap times and Saturday morning cartoons that I didn't have to be live with clients. And so that's when I started slowly then building the brand of Hinge Resume. Okay. You have so many good takeaways. I just have to pause for a minute. So the first one is you know, I said the breadcrumb trail of discovery is how I see our careers playing out. You didn't even know the career that you have now existed. You needed those first two breadcrumb trails and, and all of the things that happened in your life, good, bad, indifferent, all parts of our story matter, the highs and the lows. You needed that to even discover the next chapter of your story was possible. That's exactly huge takeaway. Number one, number two, you listen to a clue of, I loved to apply for jobs. Like I've never heard anybody say that before. <laughs> that is beautiful and hysterical. And it was that weird love that you had, this little hobby that you had, that was also a clue to, oh, wait, this could be a thing for me. When, and, and you wouldn't have acknowledged that had you not been in a space of a little bit of discomfort and pain. Okay. Let's say a lot of discomfort pain. and yeah. pain. Yeah. And it was in that space of discomfort and pain that you went inside instead of searching out there for the answer. 
you went into, well, who is Meg? Well, Meg likes to apply for jobs as a hobby. What does that say about me? Right. And those, when you go inside, there are clues. I call her your inner thrive guide. She's in there and she's screaming what we need, but we need those spaces of mopping or, or, or whatever it is to listen to her and frenetic busyness in our current state of whatever doesn't always give her the, the microphone that she needs. And I think too, just the community of, of people, right. I needed that one academic advisor to learn. And I needed this professional resume writer who is retired now, but still sends me referrals, right. She showed me the ropes of the professional associations and it wasn't a very time intensive process. It was a phone call and a few emails, but she really then has set me up to then really discover and then learn and hone this craft. That is now something that I love is marketing women, their secret sauce, their unique giftings, that storytelling, is something now that I absolutely love and adore to do. And it's through the community of people, I think too, that I think we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to figure it out when we need each other to call out our gifts or even opportunities for other people. And so I think even just the way that we live now in our current society is that we're more isolated, right? Yeah. You you just modeled reflection and connection, which is the tagline of this podcast. Um, You were reflecting on who you were, what you wanted, and then you reached out with some connections. And and the other thing that you said that I think is really important is it was not a time intensive ask. It was some emails, a couple of phone calls, and people want to serve in that way. So even this resume writer was able to share her story with with you, which is how humans want to do business together. We think it's this like, you know, I got to have a strategic plan and it's going to be labor intensive and it's going to be hard and it's going to be awful. And in fact, when humans connect this way in a really authentic, genuine, let me help you, beautiful things happen. Yeah. And I think each person has value. Like we were talking about earlier in that kind of relationship. I think you're right, especially high achievers who I work with. And I know that you coach that we feel like you were saying, we feel like we have to have it all together and the plan and we have to have it perfect when really it's just the encountering of one another and learning from one another can really do a lot for everyone involved. And you mentioned earlier, and it's the, and it's the same words that I, I use in this book that I wrote. I talk about open mind, open heart, open hands. And when we come to business, come to work with that stance, we can let things come and go in and out of our lives more freely to allow for those kinds of connections to lead us to whatever's next. Um, So your story is modeling what I want to help career women experience. And I think too, because I'm someone when I get stressed out, my hands like start gripping on the control, right? It's like when you're overwhelmed or I'm speaking for me, when I'm overwhelmed, when I feel out of control, that's when the gripping really starts. I mean, even my husband will say like, I'm someone like spatially when the house is really crazy. My husband's like, you get a look in your eye and you're like, socks, shoes, like, you know, like everyone. Clean like, it up. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm so it's like, then the control factor like the, the environment, then it's like, I, I suck in into that control when it's like, when we're really anchored 
about who we are, what we offer. And we're not like gripping. That's like, you're living better. Like you're going to enjoy your life a lot more, but that is so much harder, especially when circumstances happen and they're out of your control. And that wasn't in your plan. And that wasn't your desire. But I can say in that moment, I have a very specific picture of me like out on my front porch, reading this book, really praying, like, what should I do? What's the best answer for this? And I remember being like, I don't want to make this choice, but now being so grateful because it's given me an opportunity that I never thought, you know, in higher education, thankfully that's changing as far as more work-life balance, not having to be in the office as much. But for me, it's a big priority to get my kids off the bus and to be around for the activities. And this business has given me that. And so I would have never dreamed that this would have evolved the way that it has. But I think you're right. And like the pain points then helps you decide or figure out what kind of problems do you like to solve? And that's something that I ask my clients, right? You may have strengths in a lot of areas, but like what strengths do you want to use? What give you what gives you energy? Just because you're good at it doesn't mean you have to do it. And so I'm just really thankful. I, I wouldn't say at the time I was thankful, but I look back and I'm thankful that my daycare provider was like, we can no longer serve you. Right. At the time I was like, this is doomsday. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes our greatest pains are really the biggest gifts we're getting. We just don't see them as that until we get in the rear view mirror of it. And then we're like, yeah. oh, that's what that was for. Yeah. And, and the other thing that we have always aligned so well immediately the first time I think we even met on email was when you were doing resume writing and I was, I was referring clients to you then, cause you know, if they were choosing career transition or something had chosen them to be in career transition, um, resume ends up being a task that needs to be done. But I would always say to my clients, look, this isn't just about formatting and um, SEO words search optimization for whatever, you know, resume service. This is about you and your story. And if you're going to be out looking for a new career or new job, whatever you want to call it, let's make sure it's one that is aligned to you and your story and how you tell that story. And usually it is through connections. The best jobs are found through connections. We, we both know that is you got to be ready to tell that story both out loud in an interview or networking or whatever, but your resume should tell more of a story than just be formatted pretty and have the right words on it. Is that fair? You're preaching to the choir. I love it. Yes. I think we have this old picture of resume writing, which is like that drab black and white document of like all of our job duties. It's a list. It's a career history. Like that will not serve you in today's job market. And it's all about infusing your brand. So your secret sauce, how do you uniquely approach the work? What makes you different and infusing that in your resume and then really articulating the value that you bring to the table. That's, I know a lot of women come to me and say, I just do my job. I don't do it differently. I'm like, Oh yes, you do. You just don't know it because it comes so naturally to you. You don't realize the strengths that you're bringing to the table, but it's different than this other person in the applicant pool but you have to be able to articulate that exactly on paper, online, in person. And the work that I do with my clients is basically doing that, right? It's like really honing in on what do I uniquely offer? What value have I brought before? And then really tying that to then their career goals. Like, where do they want to go? Because it's 
they can't articulate it until they acknowledge it. Like you said, people say, I just go to work. I don't do it differently. And we're unique down to our fingerprints. Everybody does things uniquely, whether they acknowledge it or not. So getting people, I call it, you know, we, what you and I do is we hold up the mirror to help you see you. And then once you can do that, then they can articulate it in a resume, but just acknowledging in intent, I call it being intensely self-aware is what a badass is. Who am I? And then once you know what those gifts and talents are and how you use them to serve, you don't always have to, you rarely have to stay in the same industry unless you want to. If you know how to articulate the value that you provide, usually that value crosses a lot of different opportunities and industries. Exactly. It's really just about switching maybe the language that you're using or to tying your skills to a different pain point that a prospective employer is having. I know when I deliver initial resume documents to clients, I had one person in particular that was hilarious. She was like, I can't wait to meet her. I'm like, oh, it's you. Like I didn't do any special like magic or hope like this is you. I just took the data that you gave me and wrote it back to you, right? This is going to make me cry. Complete magic, right? So it's so cool to, it's, I recently wrote a LinkedIn post about this because I love Hook the movie. And do you remember the, um, the scene where the lost boy is like touching Peter Pan's face, the adult Peter Pan and saying, there you are, Peter, like seeing underneath the crowing imaginative leader. It's like, that's what I get to do for my clients. It's like, the leader in you is in there. Like we just need to unleash and articulate it. And the process then like resume writing is job search prep. So it's like that process then is helping you then articulate who you are and what you want to do. So whether you're a small business owner, a freelancer, someone who's in corporate America, I mean, just that unearthing of who you are, then will help you move forward to where you want to go. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. So in your work now, you work one-on-one with clients, but because of the demand and because um, there's there's some knitting that needs to be done right before you even get to one-on-one, you've created a course to help people do some of this work, right? Yes. Because I find, I mean, women are super busy. And if you're like me, you're like, I just need a plan or like a course of action. I don't have time to research like best practices and like what's new. I need a trustworthy authority and then I can execute the plan, right? It's like, I can move forward with that. So I've had a lot of clients, whether their timeline doesn't work or just the price point of working individually just isn't a match. This is a great way. It's called the resume key. So basically I'm giving you the key to a high performing resume and you're just then implementing it. You get a resume template. It's bite-sized module. So it's low stress. You can do it on your own time. You could do it so with it's on demand. Weekend. You can do it whenever yes, you you're, can, yeah, exactly. So you could do it within a weekend. You could stretch it out. So it's unlocking opportunity on your terms. I love partnering with you on this because it's so aligned to the work that I'm doing and it gets it to more people in a user-friendly kind of way. So who's the best candidate for this on-demand course that you've created? Yes, I would say any mid-career professional. So I go through really kind of the brief like resume 101 And you can actually preview that module free without any commitment. 
And then going forward, then we talk about branding. We talk about language. We talk about uncovering your wins. That's a big pain point for women, right? We don't really like to talk about our wins or we've done it in a team. I've had so many women say, well, I did this in a team, so I can't kind of own that. I'm like, oh yes, you can. <laughs> you are part of the team or you led the team. So you can own it. So we talk through that. We talk about, you know, uh, bullet point formulas, personal branding. So you, at the end, you'll have a resume ready to go. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. As we wrap up today, I want you to think about your favorite kind of success story. Um, and maybe it's the one you just told about the woman who was like, I want to meet her. That's beautiful. But is there any other things that stand out in this current chapter of your story, this career that you're in now, who knows what career you're going to have in the next, the next, um, generation of your life. But what stands out to you as the thing that you're like, Oh, I loved that. I think for me, I love to do personal brand coaching. And so one of the things that I noticed is that like women were really good at knowing our weaknesses. <laughs> But I think the flip side of that is every weakness has its strength. And so I know I was working with a woman who just always was bothered that she was an introvert in her industry and it seemed like a sticking point for her. And she would beat herself up over, over the years and come to find out it's like, when you flip that on its head, it's actually an advantage for her, right? So it actually became her competitive edge. She was in sales. So it's like, when she proposes solutions, it's thought it's well thought out. There's designed thinking. It's strategic. It's not like I'm an extrovert where we just like verbally process and like blurt things out without thinking about it. And so it was there that light bulb moment of like, oh, the thing that I've been beating myself up over actually is my competitive edge. That's what makes me different from everybody else in sales. So that was so fun to be like, oh, like this is you, this is a good quality instead of say that we can just always downplay as a weakness. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And also why I love partnering with you. So my company, we thrive.live. I'm always looking for, actually, I'm not out looking for them. They find me. This is the fun part of it. Um, people that are complimentary so much in our work. And so I'm thrilled to be a, a partner of yours. And we're going to be adding uh, the course link and information about you on the We Thrive site so people can find you there. And we can just continue to work together to, to serve, which is what our brains are hoping that we do. That's, those are good thrive points. So thank you for this stage of your career, which has now allowed us to connect. And I think together we can help a lot of people find the next part of their career path. Same. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan of yours and honored to be a partner. I think you're doing amazing work and it's been a joy to chat today. Thanks, Meg. Thank you. When I work with my clients, I want them to discover their unique personal story so they can then stand tall in that story and live a life full of soul and emotions and their natural curiosity about their unique gifts, talents, and abilities so they can live a thriving life because our brains are hardwired for stories and our brain wants us to thrive. So I help my clients tap into that. And I also have a sponsor for this podcast called Storybook, which is a unique and innovative platform that helps you bring your company stories to life. 
by tapping into the emotional flow and the natural curiosity that we have about your products and services. So check them out. You can go to my website, wethrive.live, click on the Stand Tall in Your Story link and see the kind of work they're doing for us or go to their site, cantaloupe.tv and there's hundreds of stories there that they've created that you can experience. Check them out. We're so grateful to work with them and for them to sponsor the podcast. And please join the online community at badasswomenscouncil.community where we can continue the conversation and you can meet other badass high achievers like you. Thanks so much. Make it a great day. If you like the music for the podcast, go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your music and look up Cameron Hessian Clouds. You can download the full song there. He's got some other stuff out there as well. And y'all, he's my son. It'd be great if you'd go and download some of his stuff. I'm not coming down. I never liked it on the ground.